It is Sunday, May 26th, and this is The Rally. Hey everybody, Adam Giardino with you, and it's time for another episode of The Rally. And boy, last night's Scranton-Wilkes-Barre Rail Riders baseball game, it finished this morning. 17-12 the final. The game took five and a half hours to complete. It was three hours and 51 minutes of baseball, an hour and 39 minutes worth of a rain delay, and the game featured a ton of offense up in Syracuse. Casey Coleman got the start for Syracuse and lasted just an inning plus. The Rail Riders batted around in both the first and the second innings. The first five men reached for Scranton Wilkesbury, contributing to four runs. With Wade already home, Mike Ford and Bravik Valera were at second and third base in scoring position, and the batter, four men in, was Mike Talkman. Big hit here could really open things up early for Sean Semple. The 1-1 pitch, breaking ball, swing and a line drive, left center field. This is down, it slices, and Tebow picks it up on a backhand. Talkman hustles around first, heads to second. A feet first slide beats the throw from the Heisman Trophy winner. It's a two-run double, and four straight hits have begun the night for Scranton Wilkesbury. Three-nothing rail riders. He later scored to make it 4-0 Rail Riders in the first inning, and that was some run support for starter Sean Semple. The right-hander made his AAA debut last night, and we'll give you the final numbers on Semple, but he exited without a decision. As mentioned, the Rail Riders batted around in the second inning as well, scoring five runs on five hits. So for Semple, it was 9-0 going into his second inning of work. Syracuse scored twice in the second, making it 9-2, but the Rail Riders responded. It was Bravik Valera at the plate. Train rolls off beyond left field. The 2-2 pitch, swing and a fly ball left field by Valera. Tebow heads back, he looks up, and it's gone. Another one from Bravik Valera. This guy's on a different planet right now. Six homers in 11 games for Scranton Wilkes-Barre. And he makes it an even 10 runs for the Rail Riders. We're still in the top of the third inning. They lead 10-2. Four more hits for Valera yesterday. And in 11 games, he's 16 for 39. So he's batting 410. He's walked five times, which is a 470 on base percentage. And of his 16 hits, four doubles and six homers. By comparison... He had just four extra base hits in 24 games with Sacramento before the San Francisco Giants put him on waivers. So the Real Riders had an eight-run lead, but Syracuse struck back. The Mets' leading home run hitter, Travis Tyrone, came to the plate with two outs in the bottom of the third. The right-hander with the one-two pitch, swinging a pop fly in the air to right field against the grain of the wind. The right fielder back, this one getting pushed. McBroom at the wall, he leaps, it's gone. Oh my, the wind gave that one an extra 20 feet of life. Just over McBroom's glove at the wall in right field. 10-3, Scranton Wilkes-Barre leads it in the bottom of the third. The winds really gusted yesterday before the rains blew in. For a couple of hours, you could tell that there was a strong storm brewing. No better example than that home run by Travis Tyrone. Scranton Wilkes-Barre got two homers in the top of the fourth inning and had four homers through four innings. Mike Ford, Kyle Higashioka, Brad Miller, and the one we heard from Bravik Valera. So the lead was 10. It was 13-3. But Syracuse scored five runs in the fourth, 
four more runs in the fifth and a 10-run lead had disappeared and it was a 13-12 game. And that's when we went into our 99-minute rain delay. On the other side of the delay, J.P. Fireisen entered and he was sharp. He struck out two men in the fifth. The Rail Riders added to their lead with two runs in the sixth, struck out the side in the bottom of the sixth, and then Fireisen came on in the seventh. He walked a man, he struck out a man, and the next batter up after that was Danny Espinosa. A ball and two strikes. Here's the pitch. Outside corner at the knees for called strike three. Espinosa with some words, some gestures. He's walking away slowly. Chris Graham has ejected Danny Espinosa. JP has struck out seven in a row, and now Syracuse without their starting shortstop. Two and a third innings from Fire Eyes and no runs on no hits. Seven outs recorded, seven punch outs. His season ERA drops to 2.31. Strand Wilkesbury added single runs in the eighth and the ninth inning, and they won 17 12 in a game that took three hours, 51 minutes to complete, plus an hour and 39 minutes worth of a delay. That's five and a half hours total for a game that finished at 12.05 a.m. 3,771 fans started the night at NBT Bank Stadium, and only a couple dozen remained when it was all said and done. This is our second go-around in town at NBT Bank Stadium, and we thought we would have the voice of the Syracuse Mets. Michael Tricarico was our pregame guest, and it's been an interesting season for him. We wanted to know everything that goes into managing Tebow mania. It's been different. It's certainly different than most seasons. And Adam, I know you have experienced having some big names certainly uh, throughout your career and, and definitely on rehab assignments as well. So I, I know you, you at least uh, know what that experience can be like. But having a guy like Tim is even more different than some of those rehabbers and some of those other big names because some of the big names people in baseball know, but outside of baseball, you don't know them. Tim Tebow not just in baseball circles, but really in general, you can have someone that has never watched a game of baseball and they know who Tim Tebow is. So we have seen a wide spectrum of sports fans and non-sports fans. I've even seen a, a spectrum of different age groups cheering for Tim Tebow. We had an education day here just a couple weeks ago, six, 7,000 screaming kids. And every time Tim Tebow came to the plate, they knew exactly who it was, giving him the loudest cheer, yelling his name, Tebow, Tebow. And that surprised me a little bit. I mean, I know how big Tim Tebow is, but just uh, to see the amount of people coming out to a baseball game, both here in Syracuse and everywhere we've been, who have been Tim Tebow fans, it's, it's really something that I've not seen before. We won't get into the scouting report on Tim Tebow, the baseball player. The numbers have spoken for themselves, and he's working through things in his first year in AAA. But Tim Tebow, the person, what has it been like with him and how seeing how he's able to, to handle all of this? You know, sometimes you run into people that don't always practice what they preach. Tim is a genuine guy who really does practice everything he preaches. And, and he's the type of guy that if he says he's doing something or, or says he sticks to this, he sticks to that. It was funny in our first press conference before the season during media day, someone asked him about salt potatoes. And he's like, "What? what's a salt potato? <laughs> he never heard of it, but they're big here in central New York. And someone asked him, would he try one? And he, Tim's on a keto diet, so he, he can't, he, 
if he tried a salt potato, it would break his keto diet. So he said, no, I can't because that would that would be cheating for me. And said, well, can't you just cheat the one day? And he goes, no, if, if, I, the, the one, if I'm cheating for one day, that's one day I'm not getting better. And some people might look at that and go, oh, yeah, come on. Really? But <laughs> Tim's the type of guy that really will not uh, have those cheat days. So he's a really genuine guy. He's the type of guy that I think understands while all of the media and all of the fan interaction stuff is time consuming. He says it gives him a platform to do a lot of really good things and, and things that he's been able to do with his foundation and trying to raise money for charity and, and trying to help people out around the world. So he's a very genuine guy. And, and I think, uh, I hope at least a lot of people see that. And while maybe some people might not be big Tim Tebow baseball fans, I think it's nice to run into people like Tim and, and people in sports in general that are just really good people that you can root for in life. Michael Tricarico, broadcaster for Syracuse, our guest here on the pregame show. Two of those guys were on this roster, I think, the last time we saw you, those genuine good people, uh, Carlos Gomez, Rajay Davis, personalities, I think, probably in different ways from one another, but personalities nonetheless. Um, this is a roster that at the beginning of the year had some really intriguing big league veteran guys on it. Um, how did that first month go with with those mix of personalities and talents on the team coming into the year I wasn't sure what to expect because sometimes when you get a couple of guys that are major leaguers that are in AAA a lot of those guys in AAA for the first time for an extended period of time since they were originally on their way up so it was like well what are they going to be like to interact with because do they really want to be here I'll tell you, all of those guys really took this assignment, being here in AAA in stride and being around guys like Rajay Davis and Carlos Gomez with those personalities. Carlos is certainly a guy that, uh, you know, he's some people might call him crazy. I mean, just with the way he acts, but it's a fun type of crazy. And then Rajay, a little more subdued, but anytime you talk to him, he's always got a smile on his face. And uh, having that group of major leaguers on this team, I think it helped that there were a lot of them because sometimes if it's only one or two, it might be tough for those guys. The fact that it was a lot of guys, I think really helped this team. And Gomez was, was one who pretty much every single player on this team mentioned is being someone who brought the team together and was just always the guy to to be the glue guy and and, and provide that personality and just keep things nice and lo- loose around the clubhouse. So now those veterans include Gregor Blanco, who's been here from day one, but Ruben Tejada has been added. Rene Rivera is a 35-year-old catcher. Um, but it almost feels like a couple of weeks later, returning here to Syracuse, that this is a, a totally new team, just a different version of this team. So having lost six of seven now at this point what is your estimation of where the team stands yeah I think it's it's interesting because it hit us all at once and it it wasn't really expected Uh, you knew maybe a guy like Carlos Gomez would end up in the major leagues we expected that you expected Rajay Davis but we've even had some of our our pitching staff gouged a little bit because I think all along it was well they signed all these position players during the offseason and at some point that's going to be turned over. But this team was in first place at one point and still has played well because of the pitching. But you look, and all of a sudden over the last week, Ryan O'Rourke had, had been called up to the major leagues. He's since been, been optioned down, but he was missing for a couple important games. Tim Peterson was designated for assignment. 
he was leading in, and still is leading in a, in a lot of the relieving categories in this league. Paul Seawald, another guy designated for assignment. So you see different teams have to pull guys up from, from lower levels that may not necessarily be ready at, at, at that point, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. And Syracuse is going through that stretch right now where there's some guys that are still trying to find their roles, and, and it's tough when it hits you all at once. And, and when the hitting isn't where it needs to be, and the pitching is now also <laughs> starting to falter. Uh, you get what we've gotten, but credit to this team. There have been close games all throughout. Games that, to be honest, probably should have won. I think Tony D, our manager, Tony D. Francesco, he, he's kind of scratching his head going, how have we lost six of seven and five in a row? But uh, sometimes that happens, and, and it, it, they're at least entertaining games, I suppose. That's always a good thing. I'll t- well, I'll take a one-run game uh, that comes down to the wire, that's for sure. Big thanks to Michael and a big thanks to you for making the Rayleigh part of your day. We've got another game tonight for the Rail Riders who check in six games above 500. That's a season best mark. They've won four in a row, and they're looking to make it six in a row at NBT Bank Stadium over Syracuse. Pre-game coverage begins at 6.05 on the Rail Riders Radio Network, the TuneIn Radio app, and on the MILB First Pitch app as well. I'm Adam Giardino. You can follow me on Twitter. At Adam Giardino, G-I-A-R-D-I-N-O. Again, thanks for listening, and we will talk to you later tonight.